Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hi, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am the host. If you are wondering or curious, what is Couch Talks? What is this extra episode I'm getting on Wednesday? It is the bonus episode of Uni Therapy, where I answer questions that listeners send in to me, and you can send those questions into Catherine at Uni Therapy Podcast. Dot com and who knows one day you might turn on this episode and hear your question with that I'd like to say as I always do that even though I am answering questions and talking about questions that you guys bring up this podcast doesn't serve as a replacement th- for therapy or an alternative it might benefit you it might encourage you to go to therapy it might encourage you to talk about something specific in your own therapy session but I can't give you therapeutic advice or actually do therapy on you through the podcast. So we have that out of the way. Let's dive in to today's question. So we're going to do one question. I like to keep all of the people who send these in anonymous because you never know if somebody wants to share their name or not. And so we just like to say that all of this is anonymous. Unless you really want me to shout out your name, then I guess in the email you can tell me that. But uh, for the most part, I like to keep it, you know, unknown. So here is the question and then we will talk about what is inside of it. Hi, Kat. My main question is, how would you deal with a toxic person at work that you have to work with directly? I don't want to leave my job because I like most aspects of it. But working with this one person makes me feel like I have a dark cloud looming overhead that I just can't shake. My boss knows that we don't work together. In fact, she knows that everyone has trouble working with this person, and yet she repeatedly pairs us up together. 
I'm at my wit's end and can't figure out how to separate myself emotionally and physically from her. It's exhausting. This person's mood constantly changes every single day and you don't know who you're going to get. I have to, in quotes, collaborate with her and I try, but I have to constantly watch my back because she's only ever looking out for herself. She makes me crazy and gets in my head with her mind games. I go home and complain about her to my husband and rethink things she said, questioning her intentions. I wish I could extricate her from my life. It would be so much better. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, gosh. Okay. I think this is one of those things that's like all too common. I wish there was an easy solution for difficult people at work. There is not. And I think a lot of people have to find ways to cope and deal with difficult people at work. Very rarely do we have work environments where everybody gets along perfectly at all times. Now, I think what you're talking about is an exaggerated version of what a lot of people experience. It doesn't sound like this person's just frustrating and annoying. It sounds like they really are impacting your well-being most days. So here's the thing. I always am one to prefer direct communication over anything else when it is safe to do so. And even with that direct communication, things may not shift, but you can be in control of what you express. So the first thing I would be very curious about is how has this been handled in the past? It seems like everyone knows this is an issue, but no one feels like they can or, I mean, want to make the effort to shift things or say something or be the one that speaks out. This could be for a variety of reasons, I think. The first that comes to mind here is the discomfort that comes with that, right? And the second is this idea of safety. Like I said, it's great to speak directly with somebody and share your experience when it's safe to do so. So I think it's worthwhile to talk about the difference between these two things, discomfort and safety. Often we pair these two things together when actually they could not be more opposite at times. So I'm going to give you a little story to explain how I view these things. So back in the day when I was an adventure therapist, we did this thing called the leap of faith. And it was like our favorite week of adventure therapy. And what it was is this telephone pole that you would climb. There's like rungs stuck into it and you would put on a harness. You climb up to the top of this pole. There was like a little 12 by 12, um, basically the size of like almost like a piece of paper at the top on the very top of this pole. And you have to pull yourself up, stand up tall, and then you jump off and you're caught by this harness. And it is fun to an extent. It is also so scary. And what a lot of people experience is a lot of discomfort through this exercise. Now, what they think that they are experiencing a lot of times is not being safe, right? So they get on this thing, it starts shaking. They don't know like what happens if they're going to fall. Like, And so you start to have this fear attached to like, oh, I don't feel safe. Something bad's going to happen. When in reality, you are harnessed in it's double harnessed, like all the things we check them a million times, you are totally safe, but you're experiencing this intense amount of discomfort. But that discomfort also is going to, if you're able to sit in it and move through it, lead you to this fantastic, like exceptional, like I can't even describe how important this day was for so many people because of the transformation they experienced by going through this exercise. But you have to be willing to be uncomfortable to move through it. And you have to be able to distinguish between the, the difference between I'm safe and I'm uncomfortable because one of the things that we whisper, or I don't know that we would whisper, I think we would yell it into the sky is you're safe. Keep breathing. You're safe. You are held. We got you. 
When in the reality, you're probably more unsafe on the ground because like anywhere you go, you could turn around and a car could hit you, like tons of stuff can happen, but you are in the sky held by all these harnesses, you're good. And you can use that example and and to, to distinguish between the difference between discomfort and safety in a lot of ways, right? So in addiction, you know, it is really comfortable, right? For somebody who maybe is an alcoholic to go to a bar and and drink when they get like sad or lonely or scared or any of that. That's comfortable. They know that. At the same time, that's not safe for them, right? So some of the things that are very comfortable for us are very unsafe for us. And some of the things that are very uncomfortable are exactly what we need. And those are very safe. So I I wanted to just talk about that because I think it's very important to peel back this part where like when I feel discomfort about something, the message I send myself is like alarm, 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 don't do it. This is unsafe. Don't do it. When we have to actually sit and look at what are the facts? What actually is unsafe about this situation? What is safe about this situation? And am I just uncomfortable because this is different or is there danger here? So I want you to first think about that. Like, is there danger involved in having a conversation with this person who is really making a negative impact on your well-being at work, which then translates into your home life? What are the actual dangers of me having a conversation or speaking up? And what are the things that are just uncomfortable because like literally as the race of human beings, we really do not like to be uncomfortable and we find all the, the fun and, and very dangerous at times and good sounding excuses to not have to sit in that discomfort when really allowing ourselves to move through discomfort is, is often what brings us to the places that we really want to go and be. Now, with all of that, we still can't control our people. What we can control is ourselves, like I said earlier, but we cannot control other people, their behavior, what they choose to change, what they choose to keep the same. And at the same time, other people can't know what they don't know. Like same with us, like we're not mind readers, they're not mind readers. And so if nothing is being said and everybody is just kind of like, you know, walking on eggshells or doing dances around this person who's causing a lot of destruction, they're going to continue to do what works for them. I mean, I would, if I didn't know that my behavior was impacting anybody. Maybe I knew it was impacting them, but not to the extent that they felt like they needed to say something. If it was working for me, I would keep doing it. So I would wonder here, does this person know what it's like to be you? Have you expressed how you experienced this person? If not, and it feels safe to do so, I'd give it a try. And I would give it a try using um, something I like to call intentional dialogue and sticking to the facts and making it simple and making about you. So Intentional dialogue sounds like this. I'm going to give you a script and then you can fuse it together to make it sound um, more natural for you. So you start with, use a lot of eyes here. We're talking about ourselves, our own experience. So when I feel blank and you put a feeling word in there, not a judgment word. So a feeling word would be like sad, angry, scared, fear, guilt, shame, joy, that kind of stuff. I feel blank when I experience blank. So then you put the actual experience. When I experienced somebody talking over me, when I was sitting in that meeting and I didn't get to say my idea, when I showed up on time and everybody else was late to whatever. So I feel blank when, and then the like stick to the facts, not the judgment right here. You just say the facts, what actually happened. The story I make up or what it brings up for me is the next part. So after the experience, the story I make up is blank. What it brings up for me is blank. And that's where you can put in that judgment piece. Or you can share like what it brings up for me is not feeling important, not feeling like what my opinion matters or something like that. 
and what I need is blank. And so then you just request something. Now, that's the general part of it. If you want to do a little extra credit, you can tag on a little consequence to express the importance of what you're saying. So I need blank. If I'm not able to get that, I'm going to have to ask to switch to a different team or I'm going to and then you put in some or I'm going to and you say something that you're going to do for yourself, not as a punishment to this person, essentially, but to express that you are going to take care of yourself in some way. So let's say an example. So I feel, and I'm using this, making this up. I feel sad, scared, and angry when I hear people talk about calories and exercise while I'm eating dinner at the dinner table. What it brings up for me is old feelings that I used to have around food and my worth and things that I've been working through. And what I need is a safe place to eat my meals. And so I like to ask for calorie talk and exercise talk to be something that is not happening at mealtimes at the dinner table. If this is something that you're not able to do, what I'm going to have to take care of myself. And in that, I might not be able to eat dinner with y'all anymore because I have to take care of my health. That's it. Very simple. It can sound harsh because we're not used to being direct, but that was a very kind, non-blamey thing to do. We're calling out the judgment, that the judgment I make or the story I make up. We're saying this is a story. And so you can check that out with them. You can say, is that story true? It's not blamey. It's all talking about you and your experience. So I'd really encourage you to walk into a conversation with your coworker like that. And here's the thing. They might not care. But I think before you make any other moves, it's very important for you to make sure that I've done what I can do rather than blame this all on the other person not caring or being horrible or whatever. Now, in the end, they might be a toxic person. You might not be able to work with them. But this is what you can control in that aspect before you move on to other um, ways to to cope and deal. Now, if none of that makes any difference and none of it works, I think you do have to think about what are you willing to sacrifice to stay in the current role you have. If your boss knows this takes a toll on you, but nothing is done to change or help or encourage, then do you feel supported by your work environment or do you feel pushed to the side? If the pain and anxiety that comes with working with this person isn't worth what you get from the job, then I think it's okay for you to think about other options. And that might not be what anybody wants to hear, but we really have to look at that. If nothing can change and nothing is going to change, you have to ask yourself, is this experience worth what I'm getting from this job? I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm just asking you to get curious about what you're willing to sacrifice for the job and what do you get in return for that sacrifice? Is it enough? Okay, then maybe what you have to do is take a lot of time to remind yourself what you do love about this job. It's really easy for us to harp on things that we don't like, and then we actually forget about the things we do like. And so what if you took some time to like every day write down things, I enjoyed this at work today, and they could be super small, but I also think the super, super small things can be really important. They can be really, really important. And I would suggest that to anybody who is having a hard time trying to find the goodness in your work environments or home environments or relationships when all you can do is focus on the the ick. In any circumstances, we're going to have things we don't like in our relationships and our friendships and our, our partners, our marriages, our work, our family. There's always going to be something that we don't like. And we can choose to like harp on that. And in that, we miss out on opportunities to grab onto the goodness. 
and the goodness might not might be really small and it might seem meaningless but when you have a lot of those little goodnesses next to each other they make a really really big difference and might be more important than that thing that you've been harping on so i wish i could give you direct answers and tell you how to fix this problem but we know how this goes and i can't usually ever do that even with my own clients so i really want to encourage you to get curious around the sacrifices you're making what and, and what you're getting out of this job and what you love about it i encourage you to look at the difference between discomfort and safety and what's keeping people and you away from uh, having a carefrontation which is a spin on the word confrontation with this human being. And I'm going to encourage you to express yourself and speak your needs and, and make what you feel important and known. That's really one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves is make our experiences known. So like always, I hope that was helpful in some way. And if you guys have questions, you can also send them to me at Catherine at UniTherapyPodcast.com. You can follow the podcast at UniTherapyPodcast on Instagram. You can follow me at Cat.Defada on Instagram. And I hope that you guys just have whatever day of the week it is that you need to have. And I will talk to you guys on Monday. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.